Tires and Billy West. Or Stimson J. Cat or Lynn Hart. Shut up, you fool! And I'm Dr. Zoidberg, and I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your old Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! We'll always be with you. No one's ever really gone. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Yes. Ready. Ready for this. And actually, this week, we've got not just the movie to talk about, but uh, got some uh, fun stuff to talk about in terms of uh, just a little couple little pieces of news and other geeky things so we oh yeah i have a couple of things for like comic wise that's just happened nice me too so let's start and say hey welcome to two broke geeks i'm matt i'm justin yeah and uh Whew, boy, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to get talking about the biggest thing. I'm ready to talk about literally the king of big things. King My penis. Oh. oh, well, that too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Surprise! We're not talking about Godzilla. <laughs> We're talking about that instead. <laughs> For a full hour. <laughs> For a full hour. Uh, yeah. No. No. Went and saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's so good. I liked it a lot. I know it's got like a shitty Rotten Tomato critic score, but they can all go hang because everyone I've seen talk about it, like just that's gone and seen it and isn't a professional critic, except for uh, Surprise Surprise. I talk about him a lot, but Zaki Hassan liked it quite a bit, and that doesn't surprise me since he and I usually see eye to eye on stuff. But mostly critics hated it, and people I've seen that... Our regular people like it a whole lot, so... It's clear, like, the big thing I loved about this film is... is it's the first film from in this built monsterverse mm-hmm. that actually feels like... Besides... Because I, I, I'm in the camp, I like the Gareth Edwards Godzilla. Like, the 2014... Yeah, there's a lot of people who hate that film. I know a lot of people think it's a not enough Godzilla and that the humans are boring. Which yeah, I and disagree. I'm like, and, and I'm like, I disagree. I feel like it's a great intro to get people back into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kong Skull Island did a pretty good job of being like, well, this came beforehand. Uh, another movie that a lot of pe- that's oh. like panned across. People are like, oh, I oh, don't yeah. really like that film," and I'm like, "I enjoyed it." No, I think more. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people liked Skull Island. Most of the people I've talked with out here have very mixed mm. emotions about mm. it. But with this, and we'll get more into it. Like it really encapsulated like how many. And how many monsters there are, and how mm-hmm. many directions they can go. Yeah, absolutely. And it's ju- uh, and I had to look. We'll talk about when we get to it. But like, I had to look some up because uh, I found some names that mm-hmm. I'm curious about, and also 
The score, the freaking score for this movie, totally. Is yeah, the score the for the best. I, I, I like that they brought back a lot of the uh, classic uh, music, like the the one the dun 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 the, from nineteen fifty four. Yeah, and then like Mothers theme. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was the, a um, nice. That was nice. The other one they had in there that is. Uh, classic is the shout out to Bear McCreary who did the soundtrack for who did yep. the the score for this because he it's, did it's so damn good. There's tons of Easter eggs. I mean the sco- the score is Easter eggs. Uh, for a good chunk of the movie, they call Ghidorah Monster Zero, which is actually the first movie Godzilla or uh, that uh, King Ghidorah was in was Godzilla versus Monster Zero because that's what yep. they called Ghidorah in that movie. Uh what other easter eggs did I catch? Oh, oh there's a bunch. There's a ton of them. I, yeah, there's a, there is a bunch. It's totally worth talking about. But um oh, where do we even Well, <sighs> I mean it's, it's, but like the like like here's a fun easter egg. I think it's I, I I had the, I looked this one up because I was because I was looking up the names of those monsters and I came across this. So mm-hmm. throughout the movie, you realize Monarch have all these stations around the world that are yep. holding cells for monsters, right? Um, so, but the holding cells for Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Mothra, apparently the Monarch base number. Mm-hmm. It I could be wrong. But I guess the modern base uh, base number is the number that represents the year their movie first came out, or when oh, they were really first cool. introduced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's I thought cool. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, there's not like, I guess we're gonna talk spoilers. Not that their plot is like something that can really be. Sp- Spoiled a ton because it's a pretty simple plot, but uh, basically we have um, Vera Farmiga and her character is working for Monarch, creating a, a device that creates alpha sound, like basically is trying to control them through mimicking the sounds and alpha they call them titans so i guess alpha tight i was gonna call them kaiju but alpha titan would make uh and her daughter is played by millie bobby brown who i've said it since the first season of stranger things is just a fucking amazing actor like i just like her so much she's one of the best human being characters in this movie uh I like Vera Farmiga a lot. I don't think she did the best job in this movie. Uh, I do think Kyle. Uh, I thought Kyle Chandler brought his A game. I liked him a lot. Um, I was surprised, like I, because I don't know most of the stuff I've seen him in. I've never been, yeah, huge fan of. Mostly because I think I've only seen him in like sport films or things mm-hmm. like that. I remember him as being the early edition guy. Remember early edition. Oh yeah, where he got tomorrow's newspaper today and had to go around and stop all the bad things from happening, so yeah. they wouldn't be in the news. Yeah, 
That's what I remember him from. <laughs> um, but and then I what's his him, name? Uh, oh, freaking Lannister. Charles Dance. Tywin. Yeah. Yeah. Tywin. Tywin Lannister just comes and plays an eco. By the way, this movie is a not at all subtle metaphor for climate change, which is well, fine. That's, like, which is well, that was basically um, Godzilla <laughs> versus the Smog Monster was the same thing. Yeah, I mean, all the best Godzilla movies, in my opinion, are the ones that are not subtle. Like, the original Gojira is a... And then, actually, most of the uh, Heisa series are anti-nuclear war films. Um, But then, like, some of the worst ones, like... Let's... I don't think the Millennium series are some of the worst ones, but they're super goofy. They're just kind of like sci-fi action films. So yeah. they're not really a you know what I mean? So uh and then Shin Godzilla is Well, actually I would say Shin Godzilla is also a climate change metaphor as well. Uh so cuz nuclear war is kind of something that is dangerous right now, but it's not as dangerous as when they made the first Gojira. It's more so anyway, um, because Ty, uh, Charles Dance's character is, and also it turns out Vera Farmiga's character, are eco-terrorists who want to wipe out most of humanity to save the planet. Yeah, and replace it with mm-hmm. the with the Titans at, that will restore order mm-hmm. uh, to the planet. There's right. your plot. There's the plot, really. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And it um, goes awry when King Ghidorah is awakened. <laughs> right. Because well, because they don't realize that King Ghidorah is actually not an Earth Titan. He's an extraterrestrial Titan, and yeah. so he screws up everything because he apparently tries to. I guess he's trying to make the planet more like the planet he came from. Yes. That's what all the controlling the weather is about. Yeah, his his whole thing was he because he fought a thunderstorm basically follows him around. Well, he turned into what like a category eight hurricane or something yeah. like that. He he's basically like, yeah. terraforming the planet to yes. suit his needs, as well as also controlling all the kaiju's. <laughs> right, and he's basically controlling them to wreck the human-made stuff i guess yeah pretty much i don't know it was just basically like most of the kaiju in this film are not in it for very long and none of them them are brand new yeah like the one that looked like a gigantic woolly mammoth yeah so i had to look him up because i was very behemoth i think they called him they call him behemoth and then there's another one I'm assuming it's the weird spider-ish thing, but mm-hmm. I think he's called I, the names I found were Quetzalcoatl, and I'm assuming that's what yeah. that weird spider thing is. And then there's another like giant lizard thing that goes by the name of Skyla. Hmm. Okay. And these are all brand new. Yeah. And there's a Mudo. Um, of course, there's a Mudo, and I'm and but that's like not even scratching the surface because there's like 17 of these things. Yeah, they don't even show them all. They show Rodan, Mothra, um, King Ghidorah, Godzilla. And then and then and the four then they, weirdos. The four kind of cameos of other ones. Um, yeah. 
So I know one of the big complaints critically, quote unquote, is that there's too much CGI monster fights, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because for the 2014 Godzilla, they were like, oh, there's not enough big. Yeah, it makes it's the weirdest complaint I've ever seen for for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Me too. Especially since the entire third act of Infinity War was big giant monster fight, CGI stuff, and anyway, whatever. I'm not going to make comparisons. I'm just saying the things that people pick on in some movies versus what... Because they said there's not enough human drama, to which I say, have you ever seen any other Godzilla movie in your life? This pretty much... this The whole plot subplot of this movie is pretty much exactly what i expected in a godzilla movie it's like yeah mm-hmm. the humans are doing things mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> yeah that's basically it the humans are doing things whatever and um I, I do like the way it opened though with a flashback to 2014 only you see it from the ground perspective uh yeah with vera farmiga and kyle chandler whose son has been killed because of this rampage that godzilla and mudo are on and then it flash forwards to the present and they're like, oh, we haven't seen an in Monarch, which made its debut in Skull Island, is under investigation by the government. Uh, then they find out, oh, oh, all these other kaiju are, are like coming to life now. Like Mothra's about to hatch and stuff oh, like Mothra. that. Oh, Mothra. The, I gotta was pretty say, cool in this movie. Yeah, I gotta say, I think this is the only time I was in a theater and I actually was like praising Mothra. Mm-hmm. Well, it like, helps a lot that uh, there wasn't like the two Thumbelina sized singing girls. Oh, going well, on. There, that that actually is a theory I have. Oh really? There, well, there's one one of the girls that works for Monarch. Mm-hmm. Uh, she mentions that she is a third generation uh, monarch. Uh, monarch. Uh, her and her twin sister. Um, oh, right. And mm-hmm. when Mothra comes out of the egg, or when when Mothra is comes out of the cocoon, she's the only one that she's the first one already outside before it happens. Mm-hmm. So true. I'm like. Uh, so I'm like, oh, what if they start bringing this in? That would suck. And then I don't mind movie. it if they did. If they if they did it in a way where it wasn't so on the nose, like this yes. one. <laughs> hey, it's a catchy song. Yeah, I don't know. And then the rest of the movie is buck wild. Uh, at one just point, monster fights. <laughs> Uh, there's lots and lots of monster fight. At one point, there's like that big fight on Antarctica, and when they wake well, up, when King Ghidorah, King Ghidorah first wakes up, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and Rodan's awakening. Yeah, then they wake up. Rod- uh, Ghidorah wakes up Rodan, which is pretty cool. And again, pretty terrifying. I've said it a bunch of times before. Like, where are all these people going? Like. Why on earth are you trying to survive at that point? Like a gigantic lizard bird just burst out of the mountain and Godzilla is already a thing and now Ghidorah is a thing. Like 
just let it crush you. Like, just run under Godzilla's foot. It'll be. It won't hurt. He's so big. You'll just. You won't feel anything. Just. Just let it happen. <laughs> just go with it. <laughs> just follow the school of Prometheus of running in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <sighs> but yeah, um, I, I was. It was in, What was interesting to me was going into this. Like, I didn't realize it would be basically. Godzilla and Mothra versus Rodan and King Ghidorah. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I was uh, like, oh, that's cool. Gives a little bit more meaning for the other two. Yeah, making it like, um, how did they describe Like that uh, Godzilla and Mothra had a symbiotic relationship where yeah. they kind of depended on each other to keep the other uh, kaiju or titans in line. Yeah, which I, what I liked. Like, so we're just gonna be jumping around because literally, there's yeah. not too much more to really talk about in terms of plot. Oh yeah, wise. there's really it's no mostly pre- Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. We but, described like, the plot I love, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean the O2 bomb. I was like, I'm like great nod from the f- very first film. Oh uh, yeah, they called it. What did they call it? The oxygen destroyer. The oxygen destroyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. great nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, burning Godzilla. Yes, from which Godzilla basically versus... blows himself up. Well, yeah, because yeah, what is that really annoying guy with the glasses? I didn't like him. <laughs> he was annoying as hell. The annoying guy with the gray hair and the glasses. Uh, that worked uh, for my oh arc. oh the guy from ah uh, crap I I know him from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Anyway, he goes. Uh, he said something about Godzilla going thermonuclear, and yeah. they had to get away. And then all of a sudden, Godzilla started glowing red and shooting flame instead of his regular atomic breath and then he basically just like started exploding energy out from his entire body and i was like that's awesome (laughs) oh i was so cool i did like what they did with Ghidorah with the whole he's an actual hydra (gasps) yes when he grew his head back i was like oh my god they've never done that with Ghidorah before that's great there was there was there was moments in this film where I went with a buddy and he has never really seen a Godzilla film and he's like was when that happened all, all he hears is me going well that's new <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool uh, I loved it oh man the uh, I'm just gonna this movie also traumatized me to death because they destroyed <laughs> Fenway Park <laughs> I did the I literally did the thing in the movie the, you know that um. That gif that people use of Deadpool, where he goes, <gasps> yeah, from the first, I did that in the theater. I like covered my mouth and went, "Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you? But God damn it, King Ghidorah, why are you crushing Fenway Park? No, blame Millie Bobby Brown. She well, did I also it. blame she Millie Bobby him. Brown because she drew him there. But yes, I, the, she's a kid. I, was, she I, I like how they gave Mothra a stinger. Yeah, when something when when um when Rodan got like pierced through the chest, I was like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, I was like, "What's it?" Yeah, I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and it turned it out just, Mothra uh... had a stinger. But then I also like how uh, also there's some other really buck wild stuff in this movie. Like apparently the Earth is hollow, and there's a whole underwater underground city that I guess kind of represents atlantis that godzilla it is, lives it's in. a reference from godzilla versus megalon oh uh, is it I, I man i 
I either it's the underwater city or... that it's a, a the under it's the under, underwater dwelling uh, city that represents uh, a Godzilla versus Megalon. There was an uh, it's like a underground um, under uh, do, underground dwelling like subhuman species that okay. that lo- that uh, uses Megalon to. Uh, to fight Godzilla, but that that but that's basically what that was. It was like a nod okay. to that. I, no, I had no idea. I either haven't seen that one or haven't seen. Oh, it's it in a so stupid long. movie. Like I fully admit, Godzilla vs. Megalon is a dumb film. <laughs> huh. All right. Because it's more you, of like so. the cheeky, like kid friendly, kind of series that. But the, part of the reason I ended up at first, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of dumb." But then I thought about it, and I'm like. Oh, actually, I guess I kind of like it because even though the oceans are super unexplored and we don't know a lot about them, I still always thought it was weird that this, like, 300-foot-tall thing could just be down there and nobody had any idea. just disappear and show up wherever. Like, you know what I mean? From the first Godzilla when all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, there's a Godzilla. It's like, yeah. where was a 300-foot-long animal hiding? <laughs> So, yeah. apparently, under the earth. Uh, I did find it interesting, and kind of because of the next film, like how often they they kept throwing Kong out. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Skull a, Island quite a bit, and yeah, the they're like, entire, "Oh yeah, we have the monkey over here." The entire final credits are basically setting up. Uh, oh, I like the final up credits. All the stuff. Yeah, I like the final credits where it's kind of like, oh, by the way, and here's everything that happened after uh, yeah. kaiju lo- or titans look like they're starting to move to Skull Island. What does this mean? Um, Mothra's dead, but there's an e- they found a secondary Mothra's egg. Mothra's dead, but they found an yeah an egg. Um, that kind of stuff, and then the, of course, the after credit scene, which is a huge reference to, oh my God, are they going to do Mecha Ghidorah? Oh yes, <sighs> like I, yeah, Tywin, whatever Tywin Lannister, Tywin Lannister, uh, Charles Dance, yeah, Charles Dance has a Ghidorah head, mm. uh, and I'm like, oh my God, are they going to do eco terrorist Mecha King Ghidorah, Mecha King Ghidorah? Because I'm going to love that. <laughs> I know, and it's like. What are they going to do with, um, is that for like a third Godzilla film or is that something going to play into, well, is that like setting so, up for post Kong versus Godzilla? I think because after watching this film and seeing King Ghidorah do crazy shit like eat electrical wires and then shoot mm-hmm. lightning out of every orifice. I'm like, how is Kong going to be a formidable threat after this? Right. And and I know Kong in Skull Island was still considered like a like teenager or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he still has like a bunch of growing He still doesn't there. have any powers though. Exactly. He's a giant monkey. Um, mm-hmm. My thought is basically Godzilla versus Kong is going to start with Godzilla versus Kong like for half the film mm-hmm. and then Mecha King Ghidorah is going to show up <sighs> and it's going to be one of those things which I'm totally fine with man I'd love that 
it makes sense because I don't know where I mean leg with legendary creating these new uh kaiju as well as mm -hmm. like just establishing like yeah now they're here and having this whole universe they're gonna build I mm -hmm. I, I would not put it past them that Mecha King Ghidorah would be like the second half of Godzilla versus Kong. Good point. Good point. Because yeah, I, I don't see how and, and they and I heard and people that are working on the film is like don't count Kong out already. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, you really need to impress me if you want me to really stand behind Kong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I oh, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it. great. I need to go see this movie yeah. again in an IMAX. Yeah, I want, uh, of course, I don't have any IMAX around here. I saw it on the T-Rex, which is as close to IMAX as I can get around here. So, Yeah. Uh, I know there are some yeah. people who complained. I saw one guy who's like, two films in and I still don't know what the new Godzilla looks like because it's so dark. I'm like, I don't think it was that dark, but okay. Um, it wasn't at all. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't understand people. Like I, I mean, he's still not my favorite Godzilla model. No, I like it, but uh, I think my favorite one is from, uh, like Godzilla versus Biollante, and uh, that's a great Godzilla one, versus yeah. King Ghidorah. Uh, that's in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. I think that's my favorite yeah. design. But still, fantastic movie. If you guys have not seen it, mm -hmm. strongly recommend going seeing it in general for everything because it's ex exactly what you want in a Godzilla film. Oh, for sure. I had no complaints. I was yeah. like, I, well, that's not true. I didn't, like I said, I didn't like that guy, uh, that one guy in the movie with the great. I thought he was super annoying. But, um,. Beyond that, and the destruction of Fenway Park, I had no complaints. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> definitely up there as a as a as a. I I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this more than Godzilla than the, than the twenty fourteen Godzilla. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, it's up there in terms of because I've watched a few. I watched a few Godzilla movies this past week, getting ready for going to see this new one. And look, uh, the Toho Godzilla films, I enjoy them, but they're awfully goofy for the most oh, part. Yeah. Like most of the, uh, I think the most serious ones are the first one and then like Return of Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Biollante. A lot of the 90s ones are actually fairly serious and pretty good um but most of them have pretty goofy storylines and kind of look not so good so this ranks pretty highly uh i liked it a lot that's pretty much all i gotta say on that yeah just give me the next one just right now oh yeah well godzilla versus kong is done filming or just started yeah, filming? Yeah, it comes out next year. comes out next year, so we won't have to wait that long. Thank goodness. 
which is pretty exciting. They could put oh man, I tell you what, they could put out monster films like this once every other year, like, and I'd be perfectly okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, yes, give me more big monster films. Oh, please, that would just make my life. Yep, agreed. All right, so that's enough about that. What else have we got for this week? Anything, uh, um, I read on... some comics. Oh yeah, yep. I did too. Uh, I was actually reading comics this morning. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've just finished the run of Spider-Man's The Hunted. Okay, yep. which is pretty good. I like it. Um, now, which one is? Remind me which one that was, because I in my head I feel like I know, but I can't remember. Uh, it just finished this week. Uh, it's nothing super. It's like a five issue series, mm. uh, for, like mini thing in the Spider-Man film. But it's basically Craven uh, collects all the animal-based villains and throws them in Madison Square Garden. Right. Okay. Now I remember. And Arcade makes like a big force field, and it becomes like a hunting ground for a bunch of these people who uh, pay a crap ton of money. To wear like VR goggles that control Craven robots mm-hmm. as they go and try to kill as many as possible. Yep. Okay, I remember now. But then Was there's a good? subplot. It's pretty good because there's a plot twist where you find out Vulture, uh, Craven actually leaks uh, info to Vulture uh, mm-hmm. about how to take down the robots, but the connection between the VR headset and the robot. Can if it's severed while they're still in it, can kill the person. Oh, so it's like a twofold okay. where he's like kill animal totems as well as hunters that don't deserve to be called hunters. Hmm. All right. And then it basically ends with Spider-Man and Craven fighting because Craven's like, you know, I. It ends with either one of us dying, and Spider-Man's like, no, hmm. there's definitely another way around it, and leaves. Like like knocks out Craven and runs away, and Craven's like, he's like, well, I need to have a worthy opponent. So he finds a, he carries like an old Spider-Man outfit, uh, yep. and he, he wears it, and his son mistakes him for Spider-Man and kills him. Oh, okay. Which is like partially what he wanted, I guess. Huh. Um, it's a weird thing, but I was like, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, All right. More cool. importantly, uh, mm-hmm. they just put out the last issue. I read the last issue of Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, you. Yeah, I've I've read some pretty polarizing things about this book. So, jeez, tell man, me about this, it. Do you want me to just tell you now? Well, I don't want to know what happens, but I want to know oh, what you feel about it. But it's so good. I freaking love it. I love what they I'm, did with it. I'm going to read um, it, and I know yeah. our buddy Johnny from the Atomic Geekdom podcast hated it so much. Yeah, bad. because of he, what they did with Wally. But I love what they did with Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll know. Well, Wally but, like, died you know, like, in like the first or second issue, but something else must have happened because, I don't know, just... Okay. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but um, but yeah, you find out the killer, and you find out the whole thing. Like, it's just, it is a wild ride. But my favorite things 
Uh, mm-hmm. you, one, of my, one of my favorite things in this entire series is throughout the whole comic, there are like one shot, there's like panels of, because there's this place called Sanctuary where superheroes can go and like yep. deal with like PTSD and some of them. They talk to a robot, like camera, uh, talking to a camera about their lives and like stuff like that. And one of the characters who's like a, um, spiritual type i forget his name james morgan or something like that Mm -hmm. um in this last issue he has a moment uh where he just says i talked to god saying are we going to be okay and he couldn't even answer me through the tears and i was like oh god wow (laughs) i'm like holy shit that's some uh heavy writing i like that is it is heavy um but it it should be hopefully it'll be either in trade or on the DC universe app pretty soon. So I can, I think they read, I think they said something about newer comics showing up on the app within a year. So hopefully they don't take that. It changes the landscape of a lot of things. Not as much though as doomsday clock, apparently dude, fucking doomsday clock is driving me insane. And I haven't even read it just because of all the things that I keep reading about it getting pushed back. and So the last issue came out this past this past week. Oh, okay. And it's finally out. It's finally out. And let me tell you, um, I haven't read it since uh, issue three. I fell off of issue three. I'm like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. This is the stupidest thing I've ever read. Forget it. Mm-hmm. And... Most of the people I've talked with agree that throughout the rest of them are pretty stupid. And then the last issue kind of just drops this giant ball of information that I really don't know how I feel about it. Uh, um, what is it? Because I haven't heard anything about it. It's basically spoiling it for anyone who hasn't. Well, uh, I don't care Reddit. about this one. I don't care about necessarily. Okay. So, so three, two, one. Because, spoiler, everybody. Yeah. Spoiler alert! But basically, Doctor Manhattan uh, keeps restarting the DC universe. Thus, why you have Superman. Thus, explains Superman from the 1930s and rebirth. And the new 52 is basically Dr. Manhattan restarting the DC universe. I actually saw that coming. That's not yeah. actually surprising to me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I actually did see that coming because when they were talking about trying to integrate, uh, number one, because there's the line from Watchmen where uh, Dr. Manhattan says, uh, something about going off and creating his own life. And number two, they were tr- talking about trying to integrate uh, the DC Universe and the Watchmen. You- or trying to integrate Watchmen. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It just seems kind of lame. I'm like, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so now we just blame this all on Dr. Manhattan every time DC's like, restart! <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. I I don't think they'll restart again because uh, how many times have, they had through the well they I guess they had never technically restarted they had Superman was the first one all the way through 
I mean, they did all the crises and stuff, but they didn't actually restart until the New 52, which was the first time they ever went back and just re-jump-started the whole universe, as far as I remember. And then they did um, Rebirth and restarted it over again. So, okay. Fine. So, yep. I, as but long apparently, as you... like, everything leading up to that point was, like... There was no point to read it. Huh. Like I have a friend who basically has all the issues, and he's just mad, and he was very mad because he's like, none of the issues that led up to this point, like make any sense. Actually, like, you could throw, you the... could throw, yeah, you could throw all of these away and just have like maybe the first and the last, and you're fine. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's pretty terrible. I and for a series that was going on for over a year. Yeah, the way I look at it is as long as it doesn't really affect the individual titles, who gives a shit? True. Like yeah. if it doesn't have any effect on like if you're reading let's say obviously if you're reading Flash, I guess um I guess there's going to be some impact from Heroes in Crisis on Flash, obviously. But let's say you're reading Flash and all of a sudden you have to know this stuff from Doomsday Clock to understand Flash. That's some bullshit. <laughs> but I'm sure that in the main Flash title, they've already... And I'm just... I picked Flash out of my butt. But I'm sure in the main Flash title, they've already been, like, exploring... All the stuff going on with Wally, anyway, because that affects Barry directly. Yeah. So. Speaking of comics that are not canon, Batman Last Night on Earth is oh, pretty freaking gotta, awesome. I still got to read that. Is it good? It, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, I'm confused as hell what's happening, mm -hmm. but I'm so in. I'm like, yeah, let's do, let's keep this rolling. <laughs> I know it's one of their black label books, and I know it's uh, Batman's The Last Superhero, I think I saw. Is that pretty much it? Pretty much, yeah. That's what I thought. Like, Batman is the only surviving superhero, and yeah. And he has the Joker's head. Yeah, he has the Joker's head in a jar, like it was yeah. Futurama. Yeah, it's uh -huh. a... It is a trip. I'm like, I need more of this right now. Yeah, I do want to read that one, and I'll definitely, I'll definitely get to that one, and I'll definitely get to Heroes in Crisis. I've been reading older comics. I, um, thanks to the DC Universe app, have been reading. I never read this. I've been reading Brightest Day. I had read Blackest Night before, but I never read Brightest Day. Yeah, and. It's a weird book. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, if nobody's ever read it, but you know that Blackest Night is like there was the whole war of all the colors. of There was the war of light, which was between all the lanterns, and there was the Black Lanterns, and the Black Lanterns kind of uh, resurrected all the dead bodies of all the superheroes that were dead at that time. 
And then eventually there was a white ring that came along and brought all the formerly dead super... It brought Aquaman back to life and it brought uh, Reverse Flash and Captain Boomerang and... Um, who else did... Uh, dead Man it brought back to life and all that. And so Brightest Day it is kind of focused on superheroes I don't normally read. The main characters of Brightest Day are Dead Man, Hawk and Dove... Mostly Dove, but Hawk and Dove. Uh, Firestorm, who is probably the worst superhero ever. Like, he's only maybe a notch above any superhero whose power is stretching. Because all of those superheroes are the worst ever. Uh, And uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Those are the four. Oh, and Martian Manhunter. But I know a little bit more about him. So there's that set and so I'm kind of like oh I never read these characters this is actually kind of cool to read them even though I'll probably never read them again because it turns out I don't like them that much in terms of like I, I'm like Hawkman and Hawkgirl eh Dead Man eh uh, Martian Manhunter is probably the best one going on in there and Firestorm I really don't like so yeah <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, that's I, mostly the con I've been reading Brightest Day. There's nice twenty four issues of it, uh, including issue zero, so I'm on issue seventeen right now. So I'm enjoying it. It's pretty good. Even though I don't like the characters, it's kind of like figuring out who is gonna be the new White Lantern because the White Lantern is the source of all life on Earth. Yeah. By the way, with Dr. Manhattan has now deemed, I just realized this because it might be important for future comics that you might read, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Manhattan now is it considers the DC Universe not a multiverse, uh, it is now a metaverse. I don't know what that means. Me either. Great. <laughs> I'm like, great, it just... Because I there's another book right now. I think it, that's involving like the source wall. If I'm not mistaken, oh god, now I'm because conf- they've they've condensed and re-expanded the multiverse so many times. I can't remember if the DC universe is was currently a multiverse anyway. I don't think there was more than one Earth currently. No, I don't think there is. I think it's currently they did just it, one. There used to be a bunch of Earths. Then they did Crisis on Infinite Earths and made one Earth. Then after that, they expand. God, I can't remember. They, like I said, they've they've condensed it and expanded it so many times. I can't even remember where we are. Well, anymore. you can blame Manhattan now. <laughs> God damn it! All right, I guess I'm gonna have to do some research and figure that out. Yes. Um. Other news that I can think of. Is, oh, you know what I was I mean, thinking about? Oh, real quick. You know what I was thinking yes. about this week that we didn't talk about that I meant to ask you about? What did you think of that uh, trailer for HBO's Watchmen? I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what it is because it's set like something like 30 years, at, 20 or 30 years after Watchmen ended. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious, but it's definitely like... I don't know. I'm in this weird spot right now with the with the TV shows because mm-hmm. they're mostly on HBO. Yeah. Um, like, 
like the boys i want to check out at some point but i just saw a trailer for that not too long ago for the first time and i was like yeah okay i've heard that's a good um, book though yeah i've never read um, it but i've heard it's a pretty good book yeah and, and i don't know like i'll probably check like i'm more i'm more mm. engaged which i hopefully will start sometime this week uh swamp thing oh um, yeah <laughs> that's all I really care about right now. The, the first episode is out, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But I think I'll watch it before the end of the day today. I um, I might watch it probably tomorrow. Nice tomorrow night. Yep. I'm so ready to see. I uh, I've read that it's a pretty solid first episode. Like nothing to get super excited about, but enough to make you. Uh, interested in the rest of the series, so right, yeah. I'll, I'm sure at some point this week I'll I'll watch it. Oh, and I don't know. Did I do this before or after our last episode? I finally managed to catch the season finale of Doom Patrol, and it was every bit as wacky as I hoped it would be. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. You mentioned that last episode, ends, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It ends in a place where. You're like, oh, well, now what happens next season? <laughs> because uh, Mr. Nobody is kind of trapped in a painting along with the Beard Hunter, uh, which I don't really care about the Beard Hunter, but it's interesting that he's still trapped there. Did I tell you about the Beard Hunter? No. He can eat people's beard hair and track them wherever they go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's pretty this funny. This show's he's just ob- so fucking weird. <laughs> he's obsessed with beards because he has a hormone deficiency where he can't... He has a hormone problem where he can't... He can't have a beard. He can't have a beard, but he also has a superpower where if he eats a beard, he can know all about a person and find... It. So, like, at one point... um there's a character called the chief Niles Calder. He's played by Timothy Dalton and he's missing and he eats the chief's beard hair to track him down so he can find him. It's I I watched, I watched the scene on YouTube um, that was like used for promotional or whatever of the flex Metallo pump doing the (gasps) giving everybody uh, flexing the raw muscle. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty freaking funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, even Danny the Street has one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's bonkers. I I can't wait for the next season. <laughs> I'll catch up at some point. Yep. Yep. I love it. Great show. And hopefully Swamp Thing will be a great show as well. I think it will. I think... Probably. With the... F- because I, I the uh, my friend who's seen it already has like it's great with practical effects. Mm-hmm. It at least from this first episode, and it's like the usage of CGI is not too overbearing. Yeah, so, I, I was actually really surprised and impressed that they made Swamp Thing practical. Yeah, they could so have just like, not. <laughs> oh yeah, and so they're like, so he's like, hopefully, if they continue on that same path. Mm-hmm. Uh. It will be it it will be a pretty decent show. So yep. we'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, another uh, bit of news: we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but now it's finally official because for a while, 
Uh, it looked like it was between two people, uh, but it is official that Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman. Uh, yep. So people are still freaking out about that. Uh, rumor that maybe Robin is actually going to appear in this movie, which would be interesting. Yeah, and everyone's all, all the people that are Twilight fans are like, you you need to cast Taylor Lautner as Robin. Nope. He's and I'm like, old, number I'm like, one, just, number two, yeah. he's... I've seen him in other stuff. I know he's not good. Unlike Robert well, Pattinson, where I haven't yeah. seen him in anything, and I don't know. So It's it's one of those things where like the, the tw- now the fans are turning on it, where it's like, where it's like you're, you, it means nothing unless you make put the rest of the Twilight f- f- like cast in this film now. Oh yeah, let's get, uh, what's her name, to be Catwoman. Kristen Stewart. Off with that. It's not funny yeah. and it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Out. The only other, like newsworthy stuff is now. Mm-hmm. There's more and more freaking. Um. New York City, uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusives being mm-hmm. put out. Yeah, I was gonna say they're holding a lot of stuff is probably being kept under studios hats until next month when yeah uh yeah yeah but uh they did put out the NECA did put out those two packs uh batman and predator and superman and xenomorph so cool which you can apparently order online if you can't make it to san diego (gasps) comic-con really but it will it'll cost you 120 dollars no, never mind then. <laughs> the hell with that. <laughs> well, that's uh, for both th- of them. Oh, for both of them? Then yeah. That's not too bad, I guess. Did you. Uh, they haven't. And I don't know if they're going to do it or not. I wonder if they'll release one more. Because there is also a Batman Xenomorph pack where Batman. Because in the Batman Predator pack, he's dressed in like that Predator fighting armor. But in the Batman Xenomorph pack, he's dressed in kind of a normal bat suit but the xenomorph is all white and the top of its head it's green and it has a red mouth it's done yeah. up like joker paint so i wonder if they'll release because that one they haven't said anything they said that they were making it they released pictures of it and then no release date was ever given for it that so. one might be exclusively for comic-con <sighs> I haven't seen anything about it, so I hope they uh, will see what happens. But that's the set I really want. It looks cool. <laughs> I mean, I'll take them all. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. give it to me now. Yep, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think off. I'm trying to look and see if there's any other. Uh... No, I didn't see anything really super interesting uh, this past week in terms of, like I said, they're probably all holding it because they only got a hold until Comic-Con, which is the middle of next month at this point. So they've only got to wait a few more weeks. I mean, (sighs) we're at the point where um, there's like... What is around the corner? There's, you know, we're at the point now where we're just kind of waiting for movies. Like, I think this coming week, it, not that anybody necessarily cares, but this coming week is X-Men Dark Phoenix. And then next week is MIB International. Then the week after that is Toy Story 4. So, uh, and I think 
Also, the week after, the same week Toy Story 4 comes out is the new Child's Play. So, uh, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I, I still want to see Brightburn at some point. Oh, yep, that came out. I haven't gotten a chance and to see And then I want to see, I still want to see Ma that came out the same day as Godzilla. Oh, that's as well right, as, too. And, as well as Rocketman came out. <gasps> I have read really good things about Rocket Man. I really actually do want to see that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see it. I'm on the fan. I'm. I we talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan of these music biopics. Mm-hmm. Not really my I thing. Know, I've, but I, whatever. The, the couple people I know who have seen it said it was really really good. So <laughs> I don't. We'll so, see. But yeah, I don't know if I'll get a chance to go see Men in Black. <clears throat> yeah. But. I'm on the fence. I'll definitely about go check out Toy that Story one. Four. Oh, me too. You know what? I I think I said it. When did I last say? I am probably not going to the theater for any more Pixar films. It's a weird vibe for me at this point to go to the theater to see kids movies or quote unquote well, kids movies. Even though Toy there's, Story at this point is something that has been around since we were kids. Yeah. there's just, They just announced another film that comes out later this year. Oh, it's like the, a, um, oh, crap. The one where the fantasy characters all live in suburbia. I can't yeah, the and there's title like rac- unicorns or raccoons, basically. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it's Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Yep. Yep, uh, I can't remember. Onward, I think it's called. Onward, really yeah. dumb name. Oh, that's a bad name. It's forgettable. That's why I had such a hard time thinking of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting concept. I like it, but I'll probably wait till it's on home video. I'll probably be like, if I find a date, they'll go. Right, yeah. Be the, that'll be the excuse. Because, yeah. Go, what was the last one I saw? Shit, what did I go see? I can't remember now, but I I went to a, a, basically I went to a Disney film or or Pixar film. I can't remember. And I was like, yep, this is the last time I'm doing this. I am all alone by myself, no kids, no date, and a theater full of mostly families. And it's kind of awkward and weird. Um, Don't you remember that one time where we went and saw like that VeggieTale movie? I do. College? I do. (laughs) But that was different. <laughs> that was that was there was more than just me there at that time. True, it was you and me and some others, and just exactly <laughs> just exactly. us being stupid. Exactly, that was different. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So Toy Story Four. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably catch it once it hits uh, Disney Plus later this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Non-nerd thing, but I figured it's interesting enough to talk about. So you know the first single from Slipknot's new album, right? Yes. You know it's not on the actual album, right? The uh, All Out Life? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a single. No, yeah, but it's not even on the album at all. All Out... No, I know. All Out Life oh, okay. is... Yeah, all... Not, um... Not unsainted. That's on the album. All Out Life yeah. was just a single. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have it. Yeah, yeah it, I, I know. Need, now I'm like, well, now I need it. I know. Um, I checked the track you know, listing because I pre-ordered yeah, the album so I could get the unsainted downloaded. 
Yeah, because I, I was like, there. Someone told me about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably because they're the whole court battle with Chris right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Fun. That's all sucky. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, there will be some stuff to talk about within the coming weeks. Um, I mean, there's some video game stuff that's starting up since oh, E3's okay. around the corner. <gasps> oh, oh, speaking of video game stuff, this is just a small thing, but it got me really excited. They're putting out a remastered version of the Ghostbusters game for the update. They are. Ah, oh, yeah. Did you ever play that game? No, I never did. It was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, so, And I haven't played it in a long time. And I only had it for Xbox 360, which I don't have my Xbox 360 anymore. So if it's coming out for PS4, I'm pretty excited to play it again. <laughs> yeah, they're they're starting to release stuff so like DLCs and and um and a bunch of other stuff. And, and because E3 is like in two is in a week or something, something like that. Um, yeah, I can't remember. And. So like they like they put out the first DLC pack for the new Mortal Kombat game, which sweet, which has like Shao Kong, um, from the movie, mm-hmm. and I was that really shitty movie and Spawn and from Spawn. the trailer that I saw, the from the trailer that I saw possibly Ash from Evil Dead slash Army of Darkness because I saw it through Bruce Campbell. Oh wow, that would be but kind it's of- like still. And I'm like, well, you sold this game now. Like, I, I wasn't yep. gonna get this, but now if if Ash is in this game, I need that's it because I'm gonna kinda, use him I, forever. I almost bought the last one because it had Jason Voorhees in it, and I never. He's so skin. much fun. <laughs> I bet, but I, I never played it at that. a friend's house. Yeah, and and he, he, like every so like the last game has this cool mode that each character has three different stances. Mm-hmm. And Jason's is the funniest because one of his stances is he gets like a second wind before he dies. Okay, it's the funniest thing. Hmm. Like Interesting. I was like, so like when you so you have to like beat him up three times. Mm-hmm. It's the fun it's, before he can actually die. It's just so cool. That's pretty great. <laughs> oh, I should have gotten that game and played it, but I don't know. We'll see what they end up with on Mortal Kombat Eleven. Which I've yeah, heard good things about in terms of it's just... It's great. I just yeah. don't have the time for... I don't know. When it comes to fighting games, I get bored really fast unless I'm playing with someone. Right. I mean, they're fighting games... I've said it before. They're kind of good for when you want to play a video game, but you don't want to spend half the day playing a video game. And you yeah. can just kind of throw it in for like a half hour, do a couple fights, and then stop. Speaking of which... Um, I don't know. I'm assuming this is at E3, but they're starting to announce there's a Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy esque Avengers game that Square Enix. Has I been know. On. Yeah, they're what finally is... doing something with it. Oh, can you imagine a big open world Avengers game? <laughs> Holy crap! Take my money now. <laughs> oh, I'm super interested in that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like so stuff has already leaked about it, but I've kind of refrained from looking at because I don't same. really trust it. Yeah, same. But I just saw that like, it was announced yeah. uh, as more information coming, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might. There's a possible way I could possibly 
get into E3 for free, maybe. Oh wow! At least the play, at least the place, play area in Los Angeles. Yes. Um. So I might just bail on work and go this time. <laughs> you maybe should. I don't know. Maybe. Just, um, you should maybe. But the, there's there's a couple other games that have come out that I'm interested in, but also like there's this one game I watched the trailer for. It's been one that's been talked about for like two years now. Uh, it's the newest Hideo Okajima. A game, uh, Death Stranding. Okay, has like narrow. It has like Norman Reedus, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, hmm. uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, it's really basically the same wow. people who did like the Metal Gear games. The trailer makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I've never played any of those games, so I can't say for sure. They're gr- they're game they're fun games, but they're not really games. They're okay. like. Mo- they're like motion movies. You like you play it, and then a movie happens. Basically, all right. Um, okay. Super well put together. Super graphics look amazing, but it's mostly a storytelling game where you sometimes move. Mm-hmm. And those games kind of bug me because I'm like, just make this a movie. Gotcha. Like, yeah. I feel like playing this doesn't do anything. But all I know is that Norman Reedus has like a feet, a baby fetus in a bottle that can track shadow things. That will try to kill you, and you go into the past and like World War Two, and there's more shadow sure. things, and then there's more babies. <laughs> sure, it's freaking weird. That's <laughs> super duper weird. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Wow. All right then. Well, anything else for this week? I uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything else going on really. I don't either, as far as I know. Hopefully, right. maybe see another movie this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'll find, get a chance to watch Swamp Thing. Me too. That's on my that's on my schedule. Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, the, maybe depending what comics come out, maybe there'd be something interesting. Mm-hmm. All right then. Well, well then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, that's it. Goodbye. Later. The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment in conjunction with Atomic Geekdom. Find us online at twobrokegeeks.com. We're available on iTunes, Google Play Music, and the Satchel Player app for iPhone and for Android. Please subscribe to us on one of these services and leave us a review. It really helps us out. You can also help us out by following us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twobrokegeekspodcast, following our Twitter at 2BGpod, and following us on Instagram where we are also 2BGpod. Find Atomic Geekdom online at AtomicGeekdom.com and on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Thanks.